the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Rachel, I want to take you back in time. I want to take you back, I want to say, what, 72 hours in time? Oh, I was going to say, can I go back to last week when I was drunk at a pool? Yeah, no, (laughs) sadly, no. Taking you back, taking you back only 72 hours where we're in this space, our lovely studio, and we're getting ready to record a podcast (laughs) um, that ultimately was for naught. But here we were, we're sitting down and we're going to end our big, our big uh, uh, topic of the day was, man, the Leafs sure do blow a lot of leads and they don't come ready to play and then you know like our, our technology goes awry and we go okay well i guess we'll have to uh, you know we'll have to do on, on thursday maybe we'll re- we won't have anything maybe we'll have to scrap that conversation because we won't have anything to talk about maybe they've gotten it all together we uh we did not have and to scrap that conversation we, here we are 72 hours later and if anything we need to have that conversation more so I have, I want to kick off, I haven't even told you this yet. Okay. I have some fun little news for our podcast, slash just generally what we're going to be able to talk about on the show going forward. Yesterday evening, after eight months of work, mm-hmm. I finished the model. Very cool. I did not know it was still in progress. So, so basically, this is the big, big model. What I'd been doing in the last eight months is building building blocks of it so i have one big model but in order to make that big model i needed six smaller models okay so it's like finish that finish that finish that now i finally got it all done Mm -hmm. and we will be able to talk in depth about player comparisons player valuations player salaries player values like all of that similarities everything there's going to be a dashboard eventually that you and I will get to click through. Mm-hmm. Public eventually will get there too. But now that it's actually done and ready, I put a whole bunch of it in my brain for this Leafs conversation today because I'm like, that's it. I'm cracking it out today. If there, There's no better there's no better way to christen the model, I guess, <laughs> with, with the Leafs. Because so here we were, we were like, again, fast uh, uh, rewind back to Monday here and we're going to talk about how the Leafs had a disastrous weekend they'd lost three in a row but they uh you know they 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 blew a, a massive lead a three nothing lead to Colorado at home and we go oh terrible and then they go back and the Detroit Red Wings who arrived who were stuck in Detroit in a situation I was monitoring like they were stuck in Detroit because their engine as I was told by other people exploded I don't think it actually did but it's probably it a maintenance issue <laughs> And they didn't, um, they didn't arrive to Scotiabank Arena on Sunday night until 5.53 p.m. The puck drop was moved back to 7.30 and then moved back to 7.52. Because I think it's like you you have to have like two hours before a game. I think that's like a rule. Um, and so 
the Leafs go out and it's funny, everyone who I was talking to and monitoring the situation, they're like, they're losing the night hundred percent. I'm like, yeah. And then for some reason I didn't bet on it. It's like, I like being poor as I always say. Guess who did and, bet on it though? Know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, they, they end up losing in a pretty, you know, pretty pathetic fashion, if you will. Um, and then, Hey, redeeming time. They're going on the road. They're going to play Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, the, the red hot Oilers, the hottest team in the league right now. Ten in straight a wins. not nationally televised game for Which some idiotic Which is just absurd. Reason. We could we could go on all day about how dumb that is, but like, But I am thankful that we did get Gord and Mike yes, Johnson yeah, on the call. The two because, best. Yeah. I mean. I love Chris Cuthbert and everything. Oh, I like, love let's be, CC. Yeah, it's great. Look, I hosted a podcast, that, you know, my first ever podcast I hosted with his son. All right. Like he's a good guy. I love. Um, no, but what I'm saying is, is like I having Mike Johnson do analysis yeah. is like my favorite. It adds thing another ever. thing to the game. <laughs> they go out and they go up to nothing and then they blow it again. They started on time. But you know what? You know what, Rachel? I'm just, you know, it brings what should bring Leafs fans solace in this in these trying times is that Mitch Marner's not worried. He's not worried. How is it? They're actually good. They mean, you know what? No, no, no. They've been playing awesome hockey. Awesome hockey. Should we dive into how that is deeply not true? Because I don't understand. And this is the thing. This is not to dump on Mitch Marner. How is it that every season, every season, there is a quote from him that is just complete failure to read the room? Yeah. The temperature. Like, Yes, it's not his job to take the temperature of the fan base, but I expect you, as somebody who wears a letter and makes nearly $11 million, to be able to gauge what is going on with your team accurately. And every year, at least once, we have a scenario where Mitch Marner says something where I'm like, this guy's complete lack of ability to appropriately gauge where the team is at is astonishing and i just i don't know like what it is with them mike what uh like i my brain is short circuiting because i that quote has played in my head and i think one thing i will say is the tweet that luke fox tweeted out like the way it came off and then i watched the video and it obviously comes off a lot differently like what are we doing here this happens every year um every team goes through ups and downs every season it's funny like the leafs always start slow it's always their thing pretty much under under both keith and babcock they would come out and they would go i don't think it's the coaches anymore i don't think it is either but and and we're gonna get into that conversation because i think that's a that's that's the main topic in leaf land right now it's a dumb conversation by the way future i i would like to have that conversation um because I think there's, I don't think it's, I, th- I think it's more nuanced than people are, are saying. And I think yes. that there, there is validity maybe on both sides that we could explore, but you know, all that. Um, however, for someone like there's a, there's a quote that, that, that always goes in my head and it was from, um, I think they had, uh, what was his name? They had Kiprios on the sta- uh, the Steve Dangle podcast like years ago, like, 20, oh, like God. 2016 or something. Yeah. And, um, and and they were talking about you know like different ways uh, of uh, uh, like how how Toronto Maple Leafs handled the media and and one thing was like Darcy Tucker always says he didn't read anything 
And Kiprios is like, Darcy Tucker knew where the commas were in every in every in every story. You know who didn't actually read anything? Matt Sundin. Yes. That guy never picked up a newspaper. Like Darcy Tucker would bring it to and I love Darcy Tucker. He would bring it to Matt Sundin, basically. Like he yeah. like Tucker's big thing was like, I don't read anything. And yet, like the con the, the, the quote is he knew where the commas were. Like he like that's how that's Mitch how Marner's much- dad has highlighted versions maybe of it's, the Toronto yeah, Star. Maybe it's not maybe it's not like uh uh maybe it's not Mitch Marner himself reading it, but for someone who says he doesn't pay attention to the outside noise. I've never seen someone pay more attention to the outside noise. Like clearly, you know, he doesn't go on social media, doesn't do anything like that, but someone is either feeding him stuff or someone is, is like it. it, I don't get it. And this is, I get that you want to be positive and I get that you want to um, sort of put things in perspective. But like, if you look at the trend of play, it is it has gone down over a long sample. So let's let's look at the trend of play. Yeah. Let's get nerdy here. And also, I know it's not his job to to uh, uh, like reassure the fans or whatever, but it's also his job not to be inflammatory. And he had to have known that a quote like that after a game like that, after a stretch like that, would have been inflammatory. So yes, let's talk about their 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 stretch of play. Their yeah. So when you when we talk about the Leafs, like they're one. Last season, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league. And under Sheldon Keith, they have been one of the best defensive teams in the league. When you look at it, where they are in the standings is exactly where they are analytically. Mm-hmm. They are middle of the pack in pretty much every important benchmark. Expected goals for Fenwick for Corsi for the... And yes, their, their play when they're leading is downright embarrassing yeah so i ran it through the model their play whilst leading is equivalent to that of the san jose sharks who are in the hunt for macklin celebrini that's the level of control of play we're talking about here the leafs just beat the sharks 7-1 exactly yeah like when the leaves have a lead they're effectively the san jose sharks you are not winning when you are playing like that. So what goes into that? Like, that's what I want to know is like, because we talk about how we don't think it's a coaching thing. And I guess this is, I I guess the reason I can think that, or I guess the reason why we think that is that it's been like this throughout eras. So I went and one of the things I like to look at for coaching impacts Mm -hmm. is who's playing when. Yes. And I wanted to see if it was the coaching staff that was taking their foot off the gas. And what I found was in the ice time, let's call it, um discrepancies mm-hmm. the differences in ice time when they are tied they don't trust timothy lilligren when they are down a goal they love timothy lilligren when they're up a goal they love timothy lilligren but when they're tied he's one of their least used defensemen it's very weird what is the rationale behind that I- what would, make, what would make you not want to play a player? What would make you want to ride a player when you need a goal or when you need to protect a goal? But when, like, like, what, like those are the three high leverage situations. Yeah, what, what, it, what makes the middle one, the one where you're like, nope, no Timmy. And, and the thing is, is the, the chart I looked at, I'm like, oh, like, I wonder if it's just kind of one of those small sample things. Like, no, it is a, a V like, yeah, down one tied up one. And it's 
it's genuinely incredible. And so I look at it and TJ Brody's ice time and Morgan Riley's ice time are similar, but somewhat declining when they're up a goal. But when they're up to Sheldon Keefe, absolutely take like he basically evens out his ice time completely. Mm -hmm. And what that tells me is the coaching staff is taking their foot off the gas when the Leafs go up too. And when the coaching staff takes your foot off the gas, guess who also takes their foot off the gas? The players. Exactly. Now, I hate to pick on any certain player, but one thing that I've noticed over this stretch of games is that I'm saying I'm seeing way too goddamn much of David Kampf. So the I'm with you. The other thing I'm noticing yeah. is the catastrophic errors being committed by TJ Brody of late. Okay. Maybe that's another conversation we need to have because, like, is he washed? I don't know. Should I run him through the model and see where he ranks out? Because I can do that. I can give you who TJ Brody compares Mo like who he is most like who like. his player comparable is exactly That'd be look if you can do that on the fly go for it now there's one thing that i do want to bring up that it's a it's a it's a conversation or a topic that went under the radar at the start of the year but tj brody did lose his father unexpectedly um in the summer like basically two weeks before training camp so he actually missed the first little bit of training camp uh to deal with that obviously and look we've seen how grief basically how how like like you know traumatic events i've studied it exactly in school like Impact. look at brock besser look at brock besser it, like look at matt murray look at anyone you can talk about so that could be something that's going on he's there's also the age factor like he is kind of getting up there um and also the fact that he plays a a hard style like look he's not the biggest hitter or you know or whatever out there he's not going to drop the gloves all the time but he's defensively, you know, he's a, a defensively inclined defenseman, almost pure defense. Ready for these comparables? Yeah, hit me. They're not ideal. What is it? Nick Letty. Okay, that's not good. Ryan McDonough. Fine. Oh, okay. Jack Johnson. Oh! Alex Goligoski. Jack Johnson's still playing, right? Yep. Like he's on the, the abs? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dmitry Kulikov. Oh, jeez. We've got some saving grace here. Matthias Ekholm. Ooh, that's not good for the Oilers. And Jonas Brodin, who has also been hurt yeah. the majority of the year. That's who, who TJ Brody <clears throat> is. That's not as bad as I thought it would be. But I'm, I listed 10. His most close comparisons mm -hmm. are Nick Letty, Ryan McDonough, Jack Johnson, and Alex Goligoski. When you are being paid what you are being paid. Five mil, yeah. And let's Nick Letty, not a top four You know what's funny? Jack Johnson, not top yeah, four. Well, yeah. Alex Goligoski, not top four. Like... You know what's That's a problem. what's funny about that is so TJ Brody's getting paid five on the dot, and um, I'm pretty sure either in their like at, uh, last year, other than Jack Johnson, last year like pretty much all those players are getting paid in that range too. Yeah, like like Nick Letty makes four. Pretty sure Goligoski made four point something, and we can all agree that that is way too much. Yeah, and I want to know what's happened to Ryan McDonough this year then. Yeah, he's I'm, just getting older, I guess. Right? Like it's and injuries and the grind of being Ryan McDonough. Yeah, yeah. I guess like, it's it's tough. You know, he's got to be. He's in his thirties, like TJ Brody as well. So I mean, that's I still can't believe that the Habs drafted him and traded him for Scott Gomez. That is one of the most underrated wild trades of the last fifteen years. Like the fact that that happened. But anyways, back to the Leafs. Brody's thirty three. He's getting up there. And, and when he's being, when I'm comparing, like when his closest comparisons are guys that are bottom pairing defensemen, with the exception of Ryan McDonough, or guys that are hurt, 
or guys that yeah. are hurt in Jonas Brodeen, mm-hmm. and he's playing on the top pair, it's it's a problem. So this brings me to I think an important conversation that we can have. Whether it's it and it's the the sort of divide between where the problem is is it front office or is it coaching? Because I think that I look at the end of last season. My my sort of like post mortem column was that the Leafs need to get a new coach. Like I, I firmly yes. believed at the end of that of of the Florida series that Sheldon Keefe was not the guy for this team. For some reason, you kept seeing, uh, you know, like like David Camp in offensive zone draws in the playoffs when you needed a goal. Yeah, that was you know ridiculous. There was some sort of it seemed like there was some sort of mandate about you know never go to the middle of the ice. But for some re- like it was just stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and also playing Justin Hall 20 minutes when he was on for literally 75% of the goals against in all situations. Crazy. Um, and so, but that then, was another tone deaf quote by Marner too. Yeah. The Justin Hall got a lot of hate, like on, and look, he's, he's wanting to defend his boy. I get you it. Know? But like, maybe don't, but like, you know, even maybe don't. like if, if I was in a press conference and, and you know, I was playing you, I'd be like, Rachel got a lot of unnecessary hate. Like you want to stand up for, for your boy or, but if you if you if you win okay you just coughed up to a team that showed up like in half gear like they're in exactly like a tight game yes let's maybe once again read the room and Mm -hmm. not do that well maybe mitch marner just doesn't is just pays so little attention Mm -hmm. to the outside noise that he just can't read the room he's become room illiterate room illiterate um but so so but the big thing here is that Keith, there's there's there there are problems with Keith. Like there, there just are. And every coach has flaws with mm-hmm. like without exception. And every coach leans on players they shouldn't. Every coach like you know every year it was okay is is Dubas going to take away Babcock's toys now. You know every coach has their toys. But then I look but then I look at the I look at the 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 roster and I and I I tweeted this out later that uh, uh later that night and and I really get, did kind of ruminate on it is is this the worst? Like, would you rather have this Leafs roster, or would you rather have the 2019-20 roster, which was like the first year of Kerfoot and Barry and CC? Like, I'm, absolutely that roster. The 2019-20. Yes. Yeah, because at least it had like Jake Muzzin and Trevor Moore and guys on it. So I look at this. This is the is this the worst? This is the worst roster. I think they they've they've had of the of the other than the first year when they were doing when they were playing uh, Washington. I think this is the worst roster they've had. To surround the Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares core. Gregor's really fallen off. He has, yeah. Um, but he's a PTO guy. What do you no, expect? No, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, what I, like, you, why is he playing over Nick Robertson? Why, like, I don't get... Bobby McMahon, God bless him. He's a grinder. Should not be playing over Nick Robertson. Like, if I'm Bradtree Living, I tell Sheldon, you're playing Nick Robertson or I'm sending Bobby McMahon down. So that you can't use him. Because you have this player, we, we've discussed that you need value on these contracts based on where the Leafs are from a salary cap perspective. Nick Robertson is scoring when he's in the lineup. Yeah, he Put is. him in the lineup! It's also, like the Leafs, and, and it's it's crazy to say this for a team that, you know, has like the firepower they do, but like they need secondary scoring. They do. Uh, Tyler yeah. Bertuzzi has like, what, five goals on the year? Six goals? Like, you know, Max Domi Now has he's two. contributing. So he's, but, Tyler Bertuzzi's on-ice impact have been fantastic. But that's dipped lately, though. 
it's dip. I would say the past three games is yeah. dip, but generally speaking, even though he's not scoring, his on ice impacts have actually been very good. Yeah. So okay, but but like you still need I'm, to put the puck in the net though. If I'm Toronto, yeah. this is not an all in year. I would consider moving Tyler Bertuzzi at the deadline to recoup some assets. And that's another. Con- that's the next conversation I want to have with this. But but right, like for now, you look at the signings, right? Like in the off season, David Camp, Ryan David Reeves. Camp to to four years to be a fourth line center. You know that he can't play in the top nine. You know that. Like we've seen it. Don't make me hit the sign. Yeah. Don't make me hit the sign. Yeah, you know. Stop and we giving might as well term get, and money to might as well get, bottom six players. Yeah, and we got tax right off the dog out in full in full effect now. Um, so you had Dave, you gave you extended David Camp for four years at two point four when you're in the middle of a cap crunch. Not great, considering that you have a guy in Pontus Holmberg who you're now trusting on the first line, and he's looked great. And he's looked great, but points in six and seven games. But you shouldn't be put. A contending team doesn't have Pontus Holmberg on first line wing. That just no, they have happen. Matthew Nyes there. Exactly. Um, or so, Nick Robertson. Or Nick Robertson. Or any, like, anyone. Um, and then on top, so then you signed John Klingberg. Did you not do a physical? Probably not. Did you, like, you know, and, and he was coming off the worst season of his career. And, and yet you gave him 4.15 in a cap crunch. Okay, whatever. Ryan Reeves. That is the most egregious of give the him bunch. Three years. And you and you can shoo away and go oh, 1.35. It's variable, whatever. Still, that's like assets. That's a roster spot. That's like, Ed Rogers is going to be pissed that you're spending 1.35 yeah. million dollars that is not being used. That's assets. That's a roster spot, a contract slot. You know, a guy like that's that's that, and that's also a guy that like you insert into the room and everyone loves him, but you know he can't play, so you have to make a difficult decision to waive him or send him down, and that ruffles things, and it's just unnecessary. Um, after that, you extend and you have to extend Ilya Samsonov. Like he played well, so I get that. No one expected the fact that Ilya Samsonov would fall off completely. But then, and then there's, uh, and then there's like Gregor to a PTO. That kind of worked out. Uh, Bertuzzi, like Bertuzzi, five point five. I know his on ice. I know his on ice um, contributions are are like are good. But you at a certain score. point, you need to score. Yeah. Especially if you're making five point five, you have to Max Domi. His on ice contributions have been fine, but clearly Keith doesn't trust him. We've seen that Jonas Jonas Siegel got friggin' flamed for like three weeks straight because he said he said what a lot of people were too scared to realize or didn't want to realize. Um, and he he's also making three. You need to score. He's the two thing, goals. The thing with Sheldon Keith is the best. The best signings are Simone Benoit, incredible uh, Noah uh, uh, Noah Gregor and William Lagason. Those were the three best signings in yeah. a, in a summer that you spent seventeen million dollars. Not great. That's not okay. No. And I think the thing with Sheldon Keefe is actually not just Sheldon Keefe. Any coach, if you're going to fire them, in my mind, you got to bring in somebody better. Yeah. And who, who, but who the, goes but in? But the thing is, is now I do think there are better options. They're, Dean Evason is available. Gerard Gallant is available. I, even like... Quite frankly, Bruce Boudreaux is Bruce available. Bruce Boudreaux is available. Jay Woodcross available. Even freaking like Craig Berube is available. Like, you know, they're guys... I'm not sold on Craig I'm Berube not, with I'm, this law. Dean Evason would... Dean Evison's exactly would probably be the guys. Dean Evison's what they need, man. Dean Evison is is what they need. A guy who is like firm and would like any time, you know, a- any of the crap that we're seeing, any of the we're playing awesome hockey in the middle of a losing streak. You're like, no, we're not. <laughs> cut cut that out. Um, and uh, uh, any of that, but he's also not like a pure tyrant. Like you, like you know, players will will love him. He's like the tough, firm hand that you know guides you. 
right and perfect yeah like i think there are options and at this point i do think some of the decisions that were made in the summer were incorrect and you and i talked about this at the time and now we're seeing it in the play right we're seeing what decisions specifically do you not do you think were wrong david camp yep ryan reeves Mm -hmm. john klingberg and as much as i like him as a human keeping sheldon keefe frankly actually can we rewind that's losing kyle dubas i was gonna say you're missing (laughs) a big one there and look dubas was not perfect you know but there was a direction he had a plan yes there was direction. This, I don't know what kind of team Bradtree Living wants this team to be. I don't. And I like up until up until mid-November, I was around this team every day. And I saw it. And like I still didn't know what their identity is. And also, I know this team doesn't look, I, I hate to I hate to pull this now, but man, this team does not respect Sheldon Keefe. They don't. So here's I was thinking about something. Ottawa is where they are, and they're looking at making some moves obviously not stutzler kachuk or but like chikrin's back on the market apparently but it, yeah it looks yeah. like they're gauging the market on and that's what you should be doing when you're a new front office you need to gauge the market frankly on all of your players probably outside of brady kachuk because he's a even stutzler yes wow yes absolutely german on german crime right here wow if i called you and said i'll, I'll trade you mitch marner for tim stutzler you'd be like a yes absolutely straight up yeah wait are we are we talking about this from Ottawa's perspective or Toronto's perspective? From Ottawa's perspective. Oh, then yeah, absolutely. I'm like, if you tell me that no, in Toronto, but you know I, what I'm saying? I'd go to your house and I'd shoot you. Like, like, <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, is there are players you trade Tim Stutzler for. Absolutely. Like if yeah. Colorado lost their mind and said, we're going to trade you Devin Taves with a contract extension, you'd be like, yes, we're going to do that. Like, I'd give them my firstborn child for Devin Taves with that contract extension. So what I'm saying is, is like you're gauging the market. Mm-hmm. Jacob Chikrin is somebody that I think could play in Toronto. They were in on him last year. People laughed at me, but they, they were, were in, in on, on him, him last year. I knew that. I I uncovered. I did my insider sources scoops. They were there. They were on him. They, no, they, they were, were. Yes, they were they absolutely actively were. pushing towards towards getting him. It would have been two firsts, and they eventually parlayed that into other things. But they were in on him. Yes, and so I think when you look at it, there are trades that can be made around the league. I think as. I don't think Tyler Bertuzzi has worked out. And I think the best course of action here is there are going to be contenders that want him. Mm -hmm. You are very clearly not a contender this year in the sense of like, you're not on the same echelon as a Boston, a Colorado. Like, and that's a disaster though. Like to not be like, I I saw you're right. I saw that. And I saw the presumption from, I think it was Myrtle wrote a column about it or something. Where he was like, I, like the Leafs shouldn't buy this year, and I and I looked at that and I go, that's insane. Like every year that you have Matthews and and Marner and Nylander, especially, and at the start of the year, I look at this and I go, okay, well they like they'll never have Nylander this cheap again. He's gonna cost like literally two times as much. Yeah, you know, like they're never gonna have. But this is the ideal time. You move from Tyler to that guy gets you a first round pick of the deadline. Oh, he did Easily. last year. You'll get you get it this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what have you, what are you going to need going forward? You are going to need first round draft picks to come in your lineup and play on ELC. So mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to get one right now, you're doing yourself a disservice by not doing that. Right? And I think the fan base would look at it. I certainly from an analytics perspective would look at this and go, "You are not a contending team." From an analytics perspective, from an eyeball perspective, you're not a true contender. In the mm-hmm. same way, and like 
you can absolutely spare me that Vancouver's a contender. They're a Thatcher Demko injury away from barely making the playoffs. Winnipeg is a contender. That is a proper contender. And so I never would have expected any that sentence to be for for you Rick to speak bonus, man. for you to speak that sentence and for me to heartily agree with it. I would have, I, 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 you would have had to check me into Cam H. <laughs> I thought that, but yeah, you're right. So if you can trade Tyler Bertuzzi, you need. It, I think it would show the fan base that you have some self awareness mm-hmm. and a process of like, okay, we're not good enough this year. So what we're going to do is set ourselves up so that next year and the year after and the year after, that's when we can get like players. The the draft this year is decent. Like yeah. it's it's not elite. It's not uh what was it last year? La- yeah, la- it's not last year's draft, but right. it's this year's draft. It's 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 a lot Obviously. better than 2022. Like you're going to get a decent player mm-hmm. no matter what. And so I look at this and I go, if you can draft a player that's going to be ready in 2 years, someone like a Easton Cowan, Fraser Minton type. Okay, well when William Nylander and Austin Matthews are making the money that they're making and you need other players to step up. Those are players that might be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that by recouping, because you know, you're not resigning Tyler Bertuzzi to me, it is asinine to not move him. If you know, you're not resigning him. Now, if you know, you're resigning him to six years at four and a half million dollars. Okay. Maybe, but otherwise I think you have to trade him. It's, it's difficult because I look at the way the salary is structured here. And I do kind of look at this team and and in in that they are they need they need exactly what they needed at last year's deadline. It is exactly the same. And I know because they pretty much lost everyone they traded for, but like they last year they went to the the deadline, they needed a top four defenseman and they needed a top nine or preferably top six forward. That's what they needed. They went out and they got Jake McCabe, Luke Shen. Eric Gustafson, all that, and then they got Ryan O'Reilly. You know, I have liked the Jake McCabe acquisition. I, really I think like that was it. a fantastic acquisition for this year and next at two million dollars. Phenomenal. And listen, maybe getting rid of Sam Lafferty wasn't the best idea, but who knows? He was also never going to play on the first line here. Exactly. Um, but uh, it's 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 really tough to reconcile that. Like I say this just from a non-analytics, but just sort of like someone who covers the team, watches them. Like it's tough to reconcile selling for the Leafs this year. But look at what Dallas did a few years ago, mm. right? Look they were kind New of in York. this mid-rut situation. Mm. New York's a little different because they actually won a lottery and picked first and second in two consecutive years. The Leafs are never going to do that. Whereas if you look at Dallas, right, they hit on... Rupa Hintz, Jason Robertson, Jake Ottinger was a late first round pick, mm-hmm. but they didn't continuously buy at deadlines. There were some deadlines where they traded assets out that were expiring that they knew they couldn't re-sign. And those picks turned into Jason Robertson, Rupa Hintz. Now they've got Logan Stankoven coming. Like mm-hmm. that Maverick is how Bork. You, yeah, Maverick Bork. Um, I mean, everyone. <laughs> they have a collection of prospects now, mm-hmm. and it's because they made the decisions they made. They were never out. They were never there, but they they reversed, did like an Uno reverse on being a contender so quickly because Jim Nill made the decisions that he made. And I think that is where the Leafs can really this season is done. They're not a contender. 
I mean, they're in a playoff spot. They're not a contender. With that goaltending, no chance. Well, they're not gonna they're not gonna have Martin Jones in the playoffs. But, but you don't know what Joseph is gonna be when he comes back. You truly have no idea. And so you it I think it's a disservice to your team and the future if you don't do what Dallas did a few years ago mm-hmm. and flip some of those assets so that you can better prepare yourself for the future. I almost seem, and you know, the Raptors are on my mind because of the Pascal Siakam trade yesterday, but like, it almost seems like maybe a Rudy Gay type situation they could be into where they trade a guy like Bertuzzi for maybe like futures, but like, you know, maybe some other lower key pieces. Um, and you realize that those guys just kind of fit better. Yes. And potentially, you know, bring, bring you, uh, bring you to where you need to be. Maybe, you know, you get like a, another sort of bottom six defenseman or some, someone that's like, there's a decent chance that Tyler Bertuzzi nets you a second pairing defenseman. There's a pretty decent chance of that. And what you're going to, you're going to cry over losing his six goals. Like it's now again, it is hard to, it's hard to, to rationalize or sort of justify selling when this is the year when this is the last year William Nylander is going to cost 6.9 million when, you know, when Matthews Marner Nylander and also like, although Tavares has dipped recently, like he was playing very, very well up until basically the new year. And he's going to be like, he's going to be 33 next year, I believe, or 34. Like, like you, you don't have the luxury of time that some of these other teams do. You just don't because the Dallas didn't have the, the superstars on the roster that they needed to squeeze everything out of. And we, and, and to, to, to be fair, like we mocked, uh, uh, you know, Ken Holland for, for saying, Oh, we can't go in all in every year when you have McDavid and, and dry And I know that Matthews and Marner are not on that level. They're well, Matthews is on the same level as, as those players. Marner is not, but like you have, but I, I'd counter that in that you have four really, really good players. And the Edmonton clock is has Hyman and Nugent Hopkins who are both performing better than Marner right now. Yeah. Well, Edmonton has four players you don't that have are to performing can, better than Mitch you, Marner. You right don't have now. to sell me on Mitch Marner's not playing well right now. Believe me. But all I'm saying is, is like you cannot continue. You know that this year is not the year. Mm-hmm. So at least in Edmonton, it's different because if he, if those two get red hot, it could be your year. Matthews is red eye. He's going to score 70 goals and this year. And it's still not the least year. Yeah. So that's the difference yeah. there. Right? And so you look at it and I go, you know it's not your year this year. You can't go all in. You have to set yourself up so that maybe you can go all in next year. Right? Is there a way to not, like, and, and we'll move on after this, I guess. But is there a way to, um, like, to not sell but to retool? I know that this, I sound like a hockey man when I say this. But, like, like you said, there's some there's a way where Tyler Bertuzzi can net you a second pairing defenseman, or there's a way that maybe like Max Domi can get you the depth defenseman or the the second round pick and the and the depth player that you might that might spur you. Is I think you could go re- after like a younger player. Yes, because I think that this team has the bones to make it happen. But as they're constructed right now, everyone on the roster is overtaxed. The top guys are getting played way too much. Like I think I'm like obviously this trade wouldn't make any sense, but I think a player like Tyler Produzzi could net you somebody like Mario Ferraro out of San Jose, like a that type mm-hmm. of defenseman. What about like you get you get like what about like Noah Hannafin? I'm not sure Calgary would do that just because they're in a different spot, but yeah. like. Or just someone like if you if you traded, could Tyler Bertuzzi net you Linus Olmark? Could Tyler well Tyler Bertuzzi and 
Because if Boston does really want, and they really like him, they tried. They it looked like they were moving cap space to try and sign him, like in in the off season. That's what basically why they traded Taylor Hall, and then they just didn't work out. But like, I, I think that there is a, and it's 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 a different situation, but like a Rudy Gay from Toronto esque scenario where you trade a guy who has a good reputation, who can get you some stuff, but clearly doesn't fit. Maybe not fit your timeline. Maybe doesn't fit your system. He just doesn't fit the, the environment. And you trade him for, like you said, a Mario Ferraro and maybe something else. Or, may, you know, or like a, a collection of depth guys to go in and they do fit better. They give you kind of what you need. And it's not necessarily selling. It's retooling. Because I just, as much as it might make sense from an analytics perspective, might make sense from the cold calculated perspective, you cannot punt on a year when you're the Leafs. And, you, and especially in the last year, the Nylander's going to be making 50% of what he's going to be making for the next decade i totally disagree with you really? i think you i think i think if you don't punt on this year a you're mistake. a fool hmm. yeah you're an absolute fool and you're playing your fan base like they're fools and you're telling your players frankly i think the best thing for that dressing room is to say we're punting on this year because you haven't been good enough well they did that you don't deserve it they did that in 2019 in yeah. 2020 and it didn't really do anything like it like it didn't sort of Nothing, and then again, COVID. Now hit, I think it's like, a little different. One, COVID. Yeah. But two, you're fully in your contending window, and now you're getting a mandate from Brendan Shanahan and Bradtree Living that you frankly haven't been good enough to deserve to go all in. Yeah. Figure it the hell out. Look, if I'm Austin Matthews, I'm on pace for 70 goals this year, and and I get a mandate now coming down that this team is not good enough, so we're not going to rebuild or we're not going to. You're gonna signed contend. to a contract. Sucks. I know. I know. I am, but I would be furious right but then you know what start calling your buddy out you haven't been good enough you haven't been good enough the body language is unacceptable i have never seen and we'll move on right after this i promise but i have never seen and this this will go back to my days covering marley's i've never seen someone um produce more empty calorie points than mitch marner does i remember i used to cover marley's games i used to sit in the press box just be watching the game and go like man Jeremy Bracco sucks tonight. I have not seen him do anything. And then the second period will come and they will put that, you know, they will put the, uh, the game sheet down in front of you and I'll look and he will have two secondary assists. And I'll go, what, when did that happen? And they're losing five to two or something, Yeah, you know, and that is, that is what Mitch Marner is doing. You can look at his point total. He's over a point per game. That's that. great, but they're all on goals that are that don't matter. I've, they're is, not in high leverage situations. They're not in high, high leverage situations. And like he, if you look at his, charts and any of the any any of the the nerdy stuff that you're into yeah you sick freak um they're they've dipped there i've never seen more red on on marner's ledger than than this year and yet here we are right after the kneelander situation kneelander um extension you know i i dig around and oh they're preparing for a big ask I would I like at this point the way that Marner is playing right now he doesn't deserve he he deserves eleven instead of eleven point five he doesn't deserve to make the same amount as William Nylander right now and Nylander has dipped a lot since signing that conversation contract too which is not great but this team just doesn't lack the depth or this team doesn't have the depth so they lack the depth that you need you cannot be playing as much as I love Simone Benoit he's he's, he's been great but you he's not on a contender he's not on your second pair. Mitch Marner's closest comparisons. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh are boy. actually pretty good. Oh okay. William Nylander. Oh okay. Mark Stone. Oh. Philip Forsberg. Sam Reinhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Artemi Panarin. Mark Scheifele. 
None of those players make $13 million, Paul. None of them. Why is he look if the, if that's his comparables? All those players have been playing well this year. What Braden Point actually is the last one. Nine million bucks. Yes, he took a haircut. Okay. So to have the audacity to walk in there and say, I want 13 pound salt. Get Your performance doesn't deserve it. Get ready to learn free agent ease, buddy. As All I've right, said. Let's, let's uh, move on to the all-star jerseys. Um Again, quickly, we, yep. We flash back to Monday where we were going to talk about these. Thankfully, we waited because we are we've now seen sort of a preview of what the names are going to look like on the back. And what the fuck, man? Like, what? What are those? <laughs> so here's the thing: is like, I actually like the jerseys. I love. We love them. Everything but the yellow one. Even I will give you. The- but the blue and the red ones are epic i I want one yes the red one the blue one like all that and the thing is is okay like the miami vice ones last year so love those because they fit where they were right and the thing i like about these ones is justin bieber is obviously a a toronto home dog he's a leafs fan he and in talking to people in the fashion space Mm -hmm. my cousin owns a men's clothing store and so he does like fashion he's he's actually in paris right now um doing all of that stuff he was saying that they're actually looking at purchasing all-star jerseys because a lot of people in the fashion scene want them as pieces because they don't have names like they don't have the division name on it it literally is like a star with like the drew vibes and people want them as fashion pieces which i think is kind of cool yeah absolutely right you can get that i mean not that i'm expecting somebody to wear it on a runway but if you're walking around town wearing an all-star jersey like isn't that kind of what you should want if you're the nhl absolutely you should want that that wouldn't traditionally be interested now are going to be interested Mm -hmm. don't get a name on the back though because the font is horrendous i'm not even i'm not even really that down on like the font or or even the fact that it's all lowercase because that clearly they're trying to appeal that fits to the Drew, that's Gen Z. Like yeah. that is their. That's also the Drew collab. Like that, they're yes. all lowercase. But like that, that's like how your sister texts, for example. Like that's the age group they're trying to get. Like it, it's everything yes. is lower. Everything's lowercase, right? Like it's it's all that. That drives me nuts. Yeah, but it's totally fine. Um, they say when you hit twenty five, you go into your phone settings, you hit auto capitalization, and that's when your frontal lobe kind of fully develops. I never turned it off. I didn't. I never either. But like when like. When I tweet, I, I do lowercase because it's more fun and it makes it less formal. Um, but uh, uh, I hate my least favorite thing on modern jerseys these days, and this is and this has happened in the NBA and and I guess now the NHL with the All Star the All Star jerseys is having the last name under the numbers. It's the gr- why on earth would you make that decision? You can fit the last name above the numbers. Why under? It, it looks gross. You want the last name to sort of like span the shoulder blades. It it fits. It makes sense. And also, not to be a boomer, it's the way we've been doing it forever. Well, I just think there's so many guys that tuck their jerseys in. And now there's like a... Now you don't... Like if the... the if a person wants to tune in because Justin Bieber is going to be there and you can bet your bottom dollar, look how many girls are tuning in because Taylor Swift's at... Chiefs games, she ain't even playing. I'm seeing retirement fan edits for Jason Kelsey from Swifties. Right, and and so if you don't think Bieber fans are tuning into mm-hmm. the All Star game, 
this is your chance. You mean believers? Sure. Uh, this is your chance to really like reach them potentially because there's going to be so many more eyeballs. They're probably going to be like, who's that? Well, I don't know because their jersey's tucked in. Like, like Matthew to Chuck, Chuck tucks in the back. Because I don't think you're. Ovechkin tucks in the back. Not that he's going to be there. I don't think you're allowed to tuck in the sides anymore, but you're, you can tuck in the back, I guess. Uh, they don't care about that rule anymore. Oh, they don't? Okay. You're technically not allowed to do it, but like, I mean, we had this discussion in Vancouver. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't care. Quinn, Quinn tucks his jersey in the side all the time. They, nobody cares. Um, because it's the numbers that matter, right? They can see the numbers and you can't, I'm sure you you can see the last name all the way in. They don't want the jersey all the way in. Mm -hmm. The only person that's allowed to do it is Ovechkin. And it's funny because the rationale behind that is, is if you don't know who Ovechkin is, that is your problem. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think the all-star jerseys as like a fashion piece are actually kind of sick. They look cool. It sucks that you can't get a jersey, a a name on the back though. Like that, that, because it will look so bad. I wouldn't get a name on the back anyways. I don't think. I would. I like, would. I would like, if I'm wearing no, but think about it. If I'm wearing it as a fashion piece, yeah, I'm not so. getting a name on the back. But if it's up top, like like I find that like one of my some of my favorite fashion pieces now are like obscure jerseys, you know, like from players that a Boone Jenner All Star like, jersey, a baby. Boone Jenner All Star jersey, or like one that's going around is like a, uh, uh, at like Coachella is like a, an Antonio Brown Raiders jersey, you know. Jesus Like Christ. stuff like that, where he like he never actually played like a a, a regular season game for them. He played like half of one. Uh, preseason game stuff like that it would be fun to get something like that get like an i don't know like an alexander georgiev like all-star jersey ridiculous just, just, just stuff like that but uh now you can't because it looks terrible and it's a shame the everything except for that name bar top notch love yeah. it uh but as always it seems like the nhl Bit check out of 10 well i mean with the name bar now it's like like 7.5 i guess I was going to say like nine. I was going nine without the name bar. So like the one I'm going to get is going to be. Yeah. So it'll be a nine. name bar. So it's going to be a nine. But the, like with the name bar and we have to judge that because that's what the players will be wearing. Um, Got to be 7.5. It, 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 it knocks down a star and a half. All right. PWHL segment. Our PWHL report. The um, first edition. Our first edition. Uh, and boy, oh boy, has it been a smashing success so far. And. I think the number one thing that we should talk about um, in this PWHL report, Rachel, is the fact that people care. It seems like people want to watch women's hockey. There is a tangible market for it. There's records being broken left, right, and center. And obviously people are going to say like, oh, will it be sustained? And yes, we do need to figure out if it's going to be sustained. But the fact that season tickets Mm -hmm. are being sold out, the atmosphere has been incredible. Like I've watched quite a few of the games even when I was in Mexico, like, because they're available on YouTube for me to just watch which without geo-blocking. That, and that alone might make this this product sustainable because just the, the ability to be, like... Hockey highlights, hello! Like, like access is so important. Like, for example, like, I've been going home to see my parents every weekend. And, like, you know, just just to be able to... And they love to to watch movies and stuff. And... There's a lot of great shows or great movies that they would watch, but they don't because it's just too complicated for them to get into certain ways. They have to subscribe to something to do this. Having them on YouTube where you can have ad revenue and do all that and you can just click a button and boom, it's right there on your computer or on any device around. That is so important. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, I was able to catch a few games. I really like some of the rules, like the jailbreak rules. So yes. if you score a shorthanded goal, 
you've killed the penalty. Yeah. You've actually killed the penalty. Ama- that's amazing. I think that's uh, incredible. But like some of these numbers w- we're looking at here, like Minnesota drew over 13,000 people at the XL Energy Center, which is where the Wild play. NHL I mean, rank. Yeah, that's exactly 13,316 on January 6th. And that's the most important thing that's ever happened on January 6th, by the way. Um, yep. And uh, but the first ever game had over 2 million total viewers. Yeah. That's more than any NHL game. They had year. almost three, 2.9 million total viewers in average. And this is important. An average of 1.113. That is literally more than any NHL game that's this year. Phenomenal. To put in perspective, like <clears throat> Toronto, Tampa, the, like last year, the most vaunted playoff series there is. Like everyone in the country, everyone around the globe is watching it. That averaged two point seven, and yeah. they're, and they're they're doing one point one one three for the first ever game of a league that is 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 brand new in a product that people have said is not sustainable. Clearly, we're seeing it's it's. Uh, and now they're going to the All Star Game, so they're going to yeah. get a ton of coverage there. And I mean, you look at it; it's. Their personalities, I'm they're great. Th- that is why people are interested. Like Sarah Nurse is doing get ready with me to go to my game on TikTok, which is incredible. It's awesome. Um, you've got the fact that Billie Jean King is on board. She's talking about it. She's at the Australian Open this week and she mentioned the PWHL on the broadcast. How many people in Australia probably hadn't heard they're of like, it? Good eye, mate. What's what's this? Yeah, exactly. And if, funny enough, you say that I went don't ask me why, to the Queen and Spadina McDonald's the other day and met two Australians. And <laughs> one of them had said that they went to the Toronto-Colorado game, but they were looking forward to going to a wim- the women's hockey mm-hmm. game because they don't have that in Australia and they wanted to do something that they didn't have at home. So not only are you getting people here that are interested, there are tourists coming that are like, you know what? Hell of a lot more affordable to go watch the women's hockey game at Maple Leaf Gardens I'm going to do that. We're going to throw some shrimp on the babby and, and hop in our kangaroo and our joeys <laughs> and go down. And in our blunnies. Don't forget know. the blunnies. Or, or nor, the, you know, how they say it. Yeah, look, that's but TSN, that's I want to shout out uh, yeah. Claire Hanna, Mackenzie Malone, Cheryl uh, uh, Pounder. Pounder. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic coverage. Mm-hmm. Incredible coverage. And then on the sports side, Andy Petrillo, a mm-hmm. freaking queen on CBC. I love Andy Petrillo. Uh, Haley Salvian, like they're killing it. And the analysis that they bring is making the game, like they're offering better analysis than I see on most hockey broadcasts for the NHL. Mm -hmm. And I'm not being facetious. Like the way they discuss the game is one, much more accessible to a fan or a potential fan that hasn't been one. And so I just think the PWHL is doing a fantastic job of really going out and trying to bring fans on board that would be non-traditional and it's a welcoming space the pwhl account on youtube streams is so funny and it's really engaging and so i think they have good moderators too apparently that's what i mean like the, the first couple of weeks smashing success smashing success even last like i know they play in a smaller arena in in in, uh, toronto because it's the mad me athletic center but last night i believe it was toronto and ottawa another another sellout you know people are are hyped up the best thing that you can you and i are going to go to a game absolutely the best thing you can possibly see i live near like it's (laughs) the the their arena their arena is like in the grocery store i go to you know like which by is a travesty that that is a grocery center ice is literally right by the plum sauce 
Amazing. Yeah. Um, but no, Mike and I have plans. We're going to go to a game. We're going to have some PWHL players on the pod, which I'm very excited about. But the about. best the best part about this is is you needed to make you need to make the PWHL accessible and also just sort of like accepted as one of the sports that people watch. And the best thing to see is I was walking downtown a couple nights ago and I'm walking past bars and they're playing them on their TVs. I can see from outside. Amazing. That is, you should be able to say, uh, you know, PWHL's on night. I want to be able to go to the bar, watch the game. And now you can. Now you can. Because guess what? Sportsnet and TSN have made it accessible. Which is, look, great. And you're at home and you go, oh, you know, I don't have cable. So oh, does this mean I can't watch it? YouTube. Done. And there you go. You're great job by everyone involved. Yeah, so this we, is great. The first edition of the PWHL report had no drama. Just vibes. Yeah, love it. And the vibes meter is going to be going all the way up, I think. And I would lo- like, when it comes to on-ice drama, or even it. like, you know, or or like rivalry drama, I feel like there will be a lot of that. And it'll Well, be they great. had the handshake fiasco where the league had to issue a statement. Thank God. It was Saying right it was on a miscommunication that. that, because after every game, the, the teams shake hands. And I believe it was New York that forgot to do it or something. New York was told that they didn't have to do it, apparently. So they left, and but then it seemed like a slap in the face. Yeah, and then know. Corey Chevry was like, um, that we weren't told that. Yeah. So then the league issued a statement today saying uh, there will be handshakes. And a bunch of people were like, see, it doesn't work. Just so everyone is clear, um, in every league pretty much except North American ones, they shake hands after games like in every hockey Mm -hmm. league in europe shakes hands after games uh in minor hockey here they shake hands after games they shake hands after games in a playoff series and we all are like oh here come the handshakes oh and and, part yeah and now that the pwgl wants to do it we have a bunch of old white dudes curmudgeoning it like come on man my favorite thing is watching like is being at playoff games and like or, or after series ends and being around like the older hockey writers and see them like getting ready to just like nut basically when they see like oh the handshake's coming up like like the the what's the name like look at this look at that like they have the same type yeah. of reaction it's great they love the handshake line and you know who might i think it's great it's good sportsmanship you're growing the game yeah uh, it's showing good examples mm-hmm. to younger athletes, which I think we need because we have far too many examples of athletes being degenerate human beings. Mm-hmm. So I think the PWHL is not only are they setting records, they're doing a fantastic job mm-hmm. in how they've set up their league. And I'm really excited about it. Great. So that's been the PWHL report. And this has also been the podcast. Uh, we back on Monday. Hopefully our, our, our technology will not turn on us like it did before uh, last Monday. But uh, yeah, uh, obviously subscribe to the YouTube uh, and all the socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Um, you know, we uh, uh, we have some cool stuff that we're likely going to be rolling out soon. Uh, even more stuff. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, subscribe to Twitch. We do streams. Um, we're going to do another Mike's Meals for One. Yes. That's, that's Over All-Star up. break, we're going to do that. That'd be great. All, all-Star edition of... Uh, Mike's Meals for One. I'll have to make stuff in the shape of a star. So I'll have to do that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much it. And also, shout out to Jumpstart, our charity of choice. We love them. Uh, they they help uh, uh, economically disadvantaged kids play team sports, which is extremely important and a seminal kind of life experience for them. Um, so if you can donate, the, uh, I, we really, really encourage you to do so. The link is in our bio. Jumpstart, our charity of choice. We love them. And we will see you on Thursday, uh, Monday. <laughs>